Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. In this episode, you're going to meet Dr. Debbie Rice. She's the Director of Clinical Education for Precision Analytical and practices part-time as a naturopathic doctor, where she focuses care on hormone health, thyroid health, and adrenal health. She has had experience working with communities in need, both in the United States and internationally. Her training has been primarily in women's health, pediatric care, and midwifery, hormone therapy, and hormone function, as well as complementary adjunct care. Dr. Debbie utilizes multiple modalities, including diet and lifestyle, botanical medicine, and conventional approaches that meet the patient where they are in their health journey. She also enjoys the outdoors and yoga when she is not nerding out on hormones. Well, guess what? You're going to get a front seat to our mutual nerding out on all things hormone, cortisol, stress, what's wrong with the world, everything. We're going to talk a lot about what you can learn from your own body, how to reconnect with your feelings, how to find practitioners that listen to you. We'll talk about the Dutch test, which is one of my favorite tests in functional medicine and what it can tell you about your hormones. You'll also learn about three ways that you can help your hormones. And if you're a practitioner, you're going to learn about a powerful free masterclass that you can sign up for six hours of free educational content delivered by top-notch authorities so that you can interpret your hormone testing with more accuracy and clinical ability. So stay tuned, listen up, grab a pen and paper. You're going to want to write down some good stuff from our conversation with Dr. Debbie Rice. I'm so excited for this interview of the Catalyst podcast. I have one of my new favorite friends that I've met this year, Dr. Debbie Rice, and I met her at the School of Applied Functional Medicine retreat in Austin, Texas. And we were able to share the ride from the airport into the retreat and back. And I don't think there was a pause in our conversation because (laughs) her personality is so fun and she's such a cool human and you can feel her passion about hormones and education. And so I've just been dying to get her on the podcast. And, you know, of course, all the favorite people I have are busy. And so we are absolutely excited to make time. And thank you, Debbie for coming. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited on the other side. Like, yay. yay. I'm here. I'm here. Just like throwing my name at you. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love it. Tell Um, me your time. (laughs) So awesome. So awesome to talk all about hormones and all about your path. So you're an ND. Tell me a little bit about your path into where you were and what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Like when I was a little girl, I always wanted to be either a doctor or a teacher. And um, I did not know that naturopathic medicine existed when, you know, when I was younger. And I was actually studying for the MCAT. I was in the Peace Corps and I was like, okay, I'm going to like get my little medicine brain in. And my girlfriend calls me and she's like, I found it. 
And I was like, you found what? She was like, I found what we're looking for. And because it was one of those things where it was like, you know, I want to be a doctor, but maybe also a personal trainer, but maybe also a nutritionist. And like, how do you do all of like the lifestyle things with all of the doctor things? And she was like, this is it. Like naturopathic medicine is it. And I was like, I don't know. So, you know, came over, looked through some of the stuff and I was like, you're right. It's totally it. And a lot of times in, in looking at least what I have found for people in the field of healthcare, like in the health industry, most people are drawn to that because they also have a path in their life that they're like, Oh, I had this health thing that I had to kind of maneuver and figure out for myself. And so you, you get that kind of like little bit of, you know, health medicine brain, but then you also realize like how much you have to advocate for yourself in the conventional medicine model. And so this was like, this is, these are all the things so I was really excited and ended up going to naturopathic medical school instead Love of conventional it. medical school. And that's not to say, I know, I feel like um, I have to clarify this. It's not to say conventional medicine absolutely has its place. Absolutely. It is amazing. Absolutely. Um, as does absolutely medicine. And absolutely. so I think they could partner wonderfully. Um, we're still working on, you know, yep. supporting that partnership. But yep. um, yeah, that was how I found out about naturopathic medicine. And I, there was even a point when I think it was like my second year of naturopathic medical school. And I was putting on Victoria's Secret lotion, you know, because it smells good and it's all <laughs> awesome. Um, I'm just slathering it on. And my girlfriend walks over and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm, put, I'm putting the smell good on. And she was <laughs> like, do you know what is in that? And I was like, yeah perfumey stuff and she was like perfumey stuff that can affect like how your body detoxes and how your hormones work and I was like you know and then you could like slowly see like all the little things turning in my head and I was like huh yeah (laughs) okay and so you know like that's like part part of the path in the process <laughs> right it's true it's true but see what i love is that you're so relatable and that that type of relatableness i think is what is needed on both ends of the spectrum of no matter what medical you know um certification you decide to get it's it's being relatable that you know we're all human and we're totally. going to do the best we can absolutely um, absolutely yeah. and i will tell you there are some things like okay yes i i make sure that i don't eat this and i you know, do this, but I also make sure I get my nails did. Right. You know, like <laughs> yes, yes, we so, talked about that. I remember. It's like you know, I can't tell you how valid. many. You know, when you go to like a functional or integrative or probably a naturopathic conference, it's funny. Like I feel like sometimes I have to hide what. I, like okay, I've got a, I've got a tattoo on my shoulder. I better make you know, like no. And that's well, the point where I, I don't my care. Yeah. I was in my yes. interview for naturopathic medical school, and I had my nails done because I just attended my friend's wedding, and I was like hiding them because I was like, oh, I don't know. Right. Right. All the studies come back to your head. Like, okay. I, I know, think there's like, more yes, autoimmunity yes. with acrylic nails. Yep. Oh my gosh. But you yes. have to live yeah. life in balance. And that's exactly, exactly kind of where you've ended up is talking a lot about balance in hormones, right? And totally. everyone, yeah. you know, has this sort of mystical feeling of, oh, I just want to get my hormones in balance. And that's kind of like the funny paradox is hormones are never completely imbalanced. No. I mean, they're supposed to fluctuate and adapt. Mm-hmm. And I think it's all about resiliency and adaptability. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about why you love educating people about hormones and cortisol yeah. and all sorts of things. Yeah. Well, so when I started medical school, I wasn't exactly, you know, sure, like, yeah, you know, the human body's cool. Like, 
I don't know which part I'm going to like more. And you really may not know until you're actually like through medical school. Um, I also ended up training as a midwife because I was like, I'm going to deliver babies. I'm going to be like the the mama and the baby doctor. Um, And then in doing that, learning about just, you know, how amazing and powerful the female body is and what it does and how it does and what it goes through. Um, And then I, I met Dr. Carrie Jones. She was one of my mentors through medical school. She was my residing um, physician and we ended up working really well together. And I, you know, that is where we just kind of expanded that hormone knowledge and I can't, speak highly enough of her and her brain. Um, so to be able to get some of the downloads, like if I could just take, you know, a little right. flash stick and stick it in her brain and be like, thank you. And just do that like every six months. <laughs> right. Maybe we can ask Neuralink to do that for us. Totally. You know? Yes. Yes. We'll just hook you up kind of like the matrix. Yes. Um, but that, so she was also, you know, a big part of supporting that because I feel like sometimes when you get into a field of interest, depending on how complicated it is, your mentors and your people around you make a huge difference in how successful you can be and how fun that is for you. Um, Absolutely. So, and that's the truth. Yes. Right. Yeah. And it was actually a, a, a beautiful moment. I ended up going to Nicaragua for some time and I came back and Dr. Carrie Jones had just started working with and supporting um, Precision Analytical also that's the Dutch lab. And she was like, you know, she and I had worked together for a while. And when I had come back, she was like, Hey, what are you doing? Like with your time, you want to come support some hormone stuff? (laughs) Want to hang out um, and do some Dutch stuff. And I was like, sure. And then, you know, Yes. Here we are. (laughs) This is, this is the beauty though, honestly, of why I think a lot of us choose a career in medicine is we choose it as like a self-expressive ability to cast a vote for a better future. I think that's my opinion is we choose it because we want the world to be a better place, but we also choose it with the idea that it's almost like a stem cell, right? Like it could differentiate into, you don't even know, like, Mm -mm. You know, and I think that's where I'd like to normalize this conversation in choosing a medical career, that it's okay to change your mind. Like a lot of these practitioners, myself being one of them early on thinking, okay, I'm like a horse with blinders. I choose this. I have to stay for 30 years. And no, that's the beauty of your brain is you know so much that you could easily lateralize that into any of the fields that you love to learn about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you also get to, you get exposure to that when, you know, you are doing continuing education and you're going to different conferences and research just in general, you know, like if, if things all stayed the same from the 1950s, we would not be where we are today. So having, you know, having that capacity to know that there's research and exploring the new information and diving into all of that um, is really exciting to catapult, not just you as a provider, but also support your patients. You know, like we're not, we are, we are not, we are doing a disservice to people when we don't support the research. And again, we're all human. So we're all going to realize like, oh, well, that study was maybe a little flawed. Maybe we could do better, but being able to recognize we can do better and stepping into that is, is so empowering and awesome. Right. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well said. Well said. It's about critical thinking. It's about having that partnership with your practitioner, whoever they are, that you trust them. Because honestly, as we know, the more we dissect any scientific data, depending on who funded the study, who, you know, I mean, there's so many nuances that comes with 
scientific evidence-based support. And really it's about that trust between the practitioner and the patient to do what's best for the patient. Um, And I love that the hormone conversation is becoming so relevant with the New York Times releasing an article about how we've been misled in menopause, how women have been ignored and dismissed. And really it's, I think also just a detriment with the training that we get in a conventional model that they, in that generation, when the women's health study was released and all that, it got kind of sidelined where we just ignore menopause. And now that we're coming full circle and giving it attention it deserves, there's this gap where people don't have that knowledge and they don't feel comfortable as a practitioner to go in because we're so worried about litigious and, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to do something wrong. And, you know, when in reality, it's, it's really simpler than we think. And with some support Mm -hmm. and education, that's a plethora of opportunities out there like Dutch. And for those listening, I have, you know, some patients that listen and then more practitioners. Dutch is, why don't you go ahead and just, just generally talk about dried urine testing in yeah, general. So um, Precision Analytical is the lab, but we ended up changing it, not the name of the lab, but most people know us as the Dutch test. And the Dutch test stands for dried urine testing for comprehensive hormones. And the Dutch test is very niche um, specific to sex hormones and adrenal hormones. And so that is like... You, as, as much fun as stool testing is, that's not our area. Like our niche <laughs> is hormones <laughs> yes. and it's all through, I would say mostly through dried urine. So our flagship test is done through dried urine. You pee on these little strips four Super to five easy. times throughout a day. Mm-hmm. Everybody pees. We just like to get it at the right time. And what that does is it collects your estrogen. So we can look at how much estrogen is your body producing? And then what does your body do with that estrogen? Mm -hmm. So in the urine, we're able to look at how well the liver processes your estrogen. So are you making good estrogens? Are you bad estrogens? Do you need support in that? And it's the same kind of thing for your testosterone. Are you making the more potent testosterone or is it less potent? Like, right? Like, are you putting it down the pathway that gives you facial hair and hair loss or, or, or not, you know, like how is your body doing that? Same thing with progesterone. I feel like progesterone is like, you know, like there's Barbie and Skipper. I feel like progesterone is Skipper and Yes, it is Barbie. Um, right, like progesterone gets ignored, and it's like I so know, powerful. Skipper like, is still really cool. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love Skipper. Um, right. So progesterone, I feel like you know, like the little shadowed out hormone, actually has such major contributions to not just males, but also females, how it can balance your estrogen and how you can feel mood wise, sleep wise, all of that. And we also get to look at cortisol. So the cool thing about the Dutch test, because I know a lot of people say, well, I do salivary testing for cortisol. Salivary testing for cortisol is the gold standard, right? Like it is fantastic. Um, The Dutch, even though it is urine, we have studies that compare salivary and urine to show that the urine cortisol that comes through is equivalent to or comparable to the salivary testing, which is great. Yes. The addition to that is that we also get what are called cortisol metabolites. And so this is looking at what's your body's capacity to make cortisol? Like are your adrenal glands making cortisol? And then the free cortisol, which we get usually in salivary cortisol is how is your body using and what's the mm-hmm. free cortisol that's available? So the Dutch test gives a little bit more of a comprehensive view of what that adrenal capacity is, as well as how the adrenals are handling your cortisol through the day. Oh, when yeah. You think of cortisol, right? It's like stress, it's energy, it's how your body's able yes. to like 
utilize fight or flight and stabilize blood sugar and you know all of that stuff it's so so far reaching and that's why i do personally love like honestly i do love the dutch test because of that reason that it's sort of like you know (laughs) you know the the worst part in i think any functional practitioner's life is telling a patient you have to give us your poop right like nobody wants the stool (laughs) test right and then you can keep it in the fridge yeah (laughs) yeah and the family loves that right Mm -hmm. don't look in the bag you know um, exactly so i try you know my best to design you know each patient's different each patient's unique i try to look at what they need and because of like we talked earlier how i love to work with stress and burnout and that ends up being my niche so i actually Mm -hmm get to use a lot more of the Dutch testing than the stool testing. And it is fun because it gives you that snapshot. I, I talk to them like, it's almost like going to Target and leaving with an itemized receipt. It's like, that's what you bought at yes. Target. You know, this is what it's telling you. Yes. It's like, this is what's going on. You know, it's going to be Absolutely. a little specific compared to just, you know, levels that you can get in a blood one shot test, you know? Um, and so the thing is though, is I also love that you are educating, you're using your passion, your ikigai, your yes. your relatableness to educate. So tell me a little bit about this cool course that you guys offer for practitioners. Yes. So people asked and Dutch listened. You know, sometimes it's hard to catch onto the train because technology is also fun. But <laughs> we um, <laughs> we finally were able to release a mastering functional hormone course, and this is p- for providers. So it is through the provider portal, but it's really about um, what is estrogen. Why is it important? Why do we want to care about it? You know, is it what happens in cycling females? What happens in peri and postmenopausal females? We look at males and all of the hormones involved there because the de- I get that question a lot. Like, can we do tests on, you know, boys for Dutch testing? And absolutely. So yes. this course goes through males, their sex hormone physiology, cortisol physiology, females, cycling, non-cycling females. And then there are some little, you know, like Dutch specific walkthroughs as well, but it's really more focused in or sex hormone physiology and adrenal hormone physiology, which is great. That's yes. awesome. I'll make yeah. sure for listeners, we're going to put all those links in the show notes that this is oh, so incredible God. because it's, you know, really good to all, it's like going, you know, hearing things five times, like we all as oh. providers will take, I feel like I can always take a class on hormones. I could always take another one, even though I've taken many, because I'm always right. learning new things and it takes a while to stick in your brain for and sure. become kind of intuitive. One of the main problems in functional medicine delivery is overwhelm. The future is visual. If you're a holistic or integrative practitioner looking to streamline your steps and build your own creative practice, let me help make it easy and flow channeled for you. Check out my premium subscription box delivery service. This is the first digital delivery service just for medical practitioners that are trying to put more functional and integrative principles into their practice. Subscribers get monthly deliveries of digital tools right to your inbox. Your first welcome box includes immediate access to over 60 editable functional medicine infographics. Yep, these are designed specifically for functional medicine. It makes your patient explanations easier, adherence is faster, and it's more fun. You also get a complimentary mentoring session with me, a one-on-one Zoom session, so I can help you highlight your bottlenecks and help you sequence your next steps. You also get a free copy of my book, Right Brain Rescue. Now, each month you will have a new digital delivery box and it will contain a new infographic release that's also editable, 
vaulted masterclasses from inside my Catalyst Studio 12-month mentorship, as well as SOPs, templates, and other digital tools you can apply in your clinic. There's no contract you can cancel anytime. It's like having a mini mentorship delivered conveniently right to your inbox. Everyone deserves to paint their own work-life masterpiece, and now we can color outside the lines together. Head to drlarasalier.com forward slash shop and check out the premium subscription box delivery service. I can't wait to work with you. So what would you say would be the one thing you wish everybody knew about hormones? That's kind of a bold question to ask, but if you could think, what do you wish that you could instantly with a magic wand make everybody in the world understand about hormones? What would be something you could pick? You know, and you and I were kind of talking about this right before the show is that I think that people feel that hormones are static, right? Like they have to be this way and this way. And, and our bodies are not static, which also means our hormones are not static. So it's a very dynamic system and they move and they respond to what's happening in your day to day, as well as what's happening in your stage of life. And so being able to have that like, oh, right. Okay. So our hormones are also going to change to adjust to what's happening. I think that's the, the bigger blanket that I would throw over yes. is that it is a dynamic system. And even when we get, well, you know, this level says this and research says this, and it's like, well, yeah, but you're also a living, yes. being, breathing being. And yes. so being able to take that into consideration when we're reviewing the results too, I think is, is really important. I love that you mentioned that because I do feel that we're living in this like infobesity world where we have a lot of information at our fingertips and too much data with like all of our wearables and they're great Mm -hmm. but then to the to the right brain they can become almost obsessive where it's like but but this says this and i've got to track this and what you're speaking to is that invisible energy of just being a human that's living and breathing and we have to honor that and you mentioned You know, earlier we were talking too, just about the choices we make in our thoughts to get up every day and to set our mind, which can hugely impact hormones and cortisol. And so tell me like, you know, what is a personal catalyst moment for you? You mentioned giving, getting up every morning and making a decision to be you. And I love that. Tell me more about that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a, it's a great question actually, because I think we do have I will say, I feel like we have put a lot of trust into a system that outlines what we're supposed to be doing. And I feel like sometimes we do get into that just kind of drone mentality of like, we wake up, we check our phone and we do this and we just follow this, you know, like we just, it's almost like, you know, paint by color. We're just following the pattern. Mm -hmm. But if we wake up and actively choose like, okay, I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to sit here for a second and think, where am I? What is today going to be like? How can I make this the best day? What are the things that you can do to best support that? And sometimes, you know, it doesn't happen. Like the cat throws up on you or, you know, the kids are screaming or the husband calls you because the car broke down or whatever. Like, you know, I get that. But on your general days, right? Like if you can step into, like, I just, I just feel like we are these awesome beams of light and energy. And if we can step into that and absorb that and know that we have choices that influence our health, we have choices that can lead us down the healthier pathway, step into that. I think it makes a huge difference with not just, you know, day to day, but 
to week, month to month. And, and our brain pathways are also aware of that too, right? Like they learn from all of that. So beautiful. I, I love this. That's so beautiful. And, and you're right. Like, I think I read somewhere that most of our thoughts are like 80% recycled thoughts, you know? And yeah. I mean, that's kind of scary that we just wake up and habitually think the same things and habitually do the same things. And so to wake up and I like to feel like sometimes I look at my dog and I just want to be like her, you know, I wake know, up right? and just be happy and wag my tail and go, oh, it's yeah. another day. And I get to go yeah. look at the birds. And I mean, right. the dogs really can teach us, you know, this is what it's like to be mindful and allow that we can create new neural patterns and we can unhinge from old stories that don't serve us and be curious about what can happen. Um, And I love that you mentioned dismantling systems. I mean, oh my goodness. I, I really wish that we could start over and not have for-profit insurance and dismantle capitalism. And like you mentioned the drone culture, oh my goodness the over hustle, you know, where's yes. the rest? Oh my gosh. Yes. And killing yeah. off big pharma. And did you know that <laughs> United States and New Zealand are the only two countries that allow ads for big pharma? That does not surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it, it yeah. does not surprise me. Yeah. yeah. And that's, it, to me, that's so sad. And it's not that I want to gatekeep any knowledge from patients, but I mean, it's like, again, information overwhelm, most of those ads just, they're noise, they might not even be relevant to what you need. And then it just, it disrupts the the flow inside a doctor's visit, because then they're having to like, you know, pitch back the the answering your questions and stuff that doesn't, yeah. yeah. And and it's like a used car salesman. Like I felt like at least when I was in family practice, I had to spend a lot of energy saying, no, that's not going to be right for you because I'd rather, you know, do this. And, and it just breeds distrust. Like, oh, are you sure you're keeping something from me? You know? Right. right. And I think it also cycles some of that fear, right? Like as much as we want people to be safe and we want them to advocate for their health and, as a, as a person, you live in your body 24 seven. So absolutely. When you tell me you're experiencing this, you're doing this, your gut intuition on this, I'm, we're listening to that. Right. But there's also a lot of fear-based stuff that comes through a lot of ads, a lot of the discussion. And, and when you were talking about, you know, critical thinking before, I think fear blocks some of that critical thinking. And then we just, right. Like autopilot trust certain things. And, and I, I think, I think we absolutely, I think you hit on it right there for sure. Fear. I think it's even proven in neuroscience that fear is louder than, than gratitude and trust because fear keeps you alive. Exactly. Fear is like, you know, you're more benefiting yourself. If you're vigilant, if you're looking for the bad things, if you're trying to keep yourself safe. So of course your brain is naturally going to go, well, that's a new medicine for my lupus. I better get on that. You know? Yeah. 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 So you can't blame them. And, and so, you know, there's so much that's wrong, but what I love is that every one of our health professionals can find little ways to just make their career a little more self-expressive to what they enjoy. Right. right? Yes. Yeah. Um, And so tell me a little bit about how you like to play in your creativity. I know that you love to do yoga. Tell me more about what's a catalyst in your life. Oh, I love yoga. And I, I, you know, I am being completely um, transparent. Like I fail myself in creating space for play, right? Like I, I am also part of that, like go, go, do, do, like mm-hmm. get stuff done culture. So I, I'm definitely guilty of that. So I have to be very mindful of being able to create space and open the space to do that. I, um, 
I do love yoga. Man, I love yoga so much. I, what kind I of yoga? Never, so my favorite yoga is uh, power vinyasa, but I can, I mean, I just love any, like Ashtanga is really intense and I have to be in a place to like be able to support that. Yin yoga is another type of magic that just yes. really makes you sit with yourself. Oh my and, gosh. And a yes. lot of times it's in a not so comfortable position. And so <laughs> you're just sitting there like, oh my gosh, like I have to breathe through and think through all of this. Right. So it puts you like, it, it just puts you in a whole different type of, of thought process and mindset. Um, but I'm also like a sunshine girl. I love sunshine. I love being out in water, ocean, rivers, lakes, anything like that. Um, and I love creative and this is the part where, you know, the, the part of the brain that is, you know, trying to analyze and do all of that stuff, you have to like <laughs> cut off and be like, stop, stop. Yes. Stop. I'm trying to be creative. Right. I'm trying right. to just like let my brain right. do these, these things. And, and it's a purposeful, you know, separation when, right. When you're right. in that kind of research. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. No, yeah. I love the transparency and honesty. I think all of us, it's hard. Um, you know, as much as I, that's all I talk about in love, which is creativity and flow. I mean, I still have to disconnect and say, okay, it's time to rest. It's time to play. It's time not to produce. Um, because sometimes even in a job you love, it's still producing. And so right. taking that, honoring that rest, it, which is hard, but I also love your talk about that ego in us that is like judging. And I think that's yeah. just how our society is and how adulthood is. And that's why kids are so easy to get into flow and creativity because they don't have an ego, right? you know? They right. can get into that flow state and their ego is already on the back burner because they don't judge themselves. They're just there right. to have fun and be with their bodies. And as adults, yeah. we kind of get older and we lose that interoception with our body. We lose that, that language. We're not very fluent. We, we don't know what feels good. And many of my patients, one of the first questions I ask is like, okay, what do you do for fun? What, do you, what is your idea of play? And they are like, I, I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I still feel that way because like sometimes our play is a very strategic decision, right? Yes. Like play is okay. I need also to benefit my body because it's aging. So maybe I'll go for right. a walk, you know? Right. Um, yes. And yeah. you know, you mentioned yoga and that can flex. Like when I was younger and more flexible and more, mm. and before a back surgery, I did a lot of Ashtanga. I loved yeah. yoga. Um, yeah. And then now it's more yin, but that's mm -hmm. a different kind of interesting totally. adventure because it's like mental, right? Uh huh. You yes. know, and so it's it just is. so fun. What would you do if nobody knew it was you? If it was super crazy and you know it's like audacious, is there any little fun creative thing you'd like to try, whether it's improv or dancing or like something if people didn't know it was Dr. Debbie Rice? Mm, I love dancing, um, but I also really want to play hockey. That's awesome. <laughs> and you're in Texas. <laughs> Arizona I know oh Arizona yes <laughs> that's hilarious I know I just um hot and, and maybe I don't know if this is be, like it's just so expressive I feel like that's awesome. it, it is very expressive um people can just like get their yes out and they can say things and they can do things and you're sliding all over ice and I just feel like it's a that's really awesome. fun combination <laughs> okay but you have such nice teeth I would say no <laughs> But, you know what? This is a fun thing. This is a fun thing about like lateral connections. So when I do a lot of these flow coaching things with people, like a lot of practitioners that come to me just to like 
look at creativity yeah. and play and they're like, I need to find something. So we look at lateral things. Like, so do you like the super la- large macro body movements of, of hockey? You kind of like that yeah. rage. And so have you ever thought of doing something like axe throwing or like a rage room? Ooh, have you ever been to a rage be room? Those are fun. Rage room. Tell me about a rage room. Oh, those are popular in bigger cities where you rent. Like they're almost like an escape room, but you literally go into a room and they have stuff and you smash oh, it. I feel like you were telling me about this. Yes. <laughs> and it's so good for letting out anger and frustration. Totally. Um, yeah. And it's just somatically good therapy. So I, yeah. I would definitely recommend a rage room. It's so fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. Awesome. Smashing computers and oh yes. Office space. Yep. I, yes. Yes. Visioning <laughs> right now. Yep. Totally. Yes. It feels good to be a gangster. It feels good <laughs> to be a gangster for sure. <laughs> I just imagine myself in slow motion rolling a bat up. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. I bet that's like an add-on package to get a video of you slow totally. like just breaking. Oh my gosh, that could be great. We should do like a booth at the next burnout conference or something. Oh, oh my gosh. Awesome. Oh, this has been so, so delightful. Okay. I could talk to you forever. I have a feeling this won't be our last conversation. Um, So let's, let's hit some highlights. What are some things you want to share in closing just about hormones, um, whether it's for women, menopause, men, I'll let you have the floor. What other little highlights would you like our listeners to learn? Sure. Yeah. I think um, I am all about trying to empower people to go for what you need. Cause I feel like some people feel silenced, um, even when they're talking to their provider and you know, if that provider's not listening, go to someone who will, yes. um, don't just, don't just settle for that. Um, whether you are struggling with irregular periods as a younger female stress is really high. And I, I do want to put this on the radar too. Some people are like, Oh, well, you know, it's like day to day. Like that's what it is. As much as you may accept it for your day to day, I think it's really important to evaluate how it looks when we actually test it. So we can see what your body is doing. Um, and you know, like I get a lot of people like, Oh, you know, I went, I'm here on the radio, you know, I need to be on testosterone. And it's like, well, let's check your levels. Maybe it's something different. And maybe it's not just about testosterone. Again, it's not a singular formula and being open to that discussion. Um, and if you're not feeling right, there's somebody that can help you feel better. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I agree. I agree. Like don't settle for just feeling dismissed. Yes. Um, but also the open-mindedness of the practitioner, the patients also need to have an open mind because that is a common thing. You touched on it and I'm so glad you did. The common thing is patients come in and they are educated. They've been mm-hmm. reading the New York times articles. They've been reading all the yes. things they've read the books and they're like, okay, I know what I need. I need this much of testosterone, this much of estrogen and progesterone. And then they're kind of shocked when I say, but what about your cortisol? And they're like, well, sure, I have stress. I've got like two jobs and my my aunt just died or whatever. And they're like, but I'm fine. And and I and I I just always feel like I have to gently say, I know that you're handling it okay, but your inside right. body might be a dumpster fire. What and is that doing exactly right. And the cortisol <laughs> really has the repercussions on that on the hormones. So I really start from that beginning of let's look at your gut health, let's look at how you're processing, let's start the adrenals, and then all the we foundational can do. stuff. Like yeah. Talking about choices, like mm-hmm. there are choices that you can make with your lifestyle that make such a huge difference in how your body registers that stress. And sure. when you're talking about cortisol and sex hormones, this is where, you know, some people will go to a clinic and they'll just get on whatever yes. hormones and they're like, I don't really notice a difference. And then it's yes. like, 
Well, happens all the time. How's your stress? Yeah. How's your diet? Like, what are you, how are you sleeping? Do you get sunlight? You know, like, are you going outside? Are you, are you touching a tree? Right. (laughs) Right. And you know, I think that people don't value that because it's free. They're like, but I need a solution. I need to be on something. And, and sometimes that's a hard like thing to swallow because that is the most crucial part. And I've worked with so many patients who I I like to give homework, homework in in quotes, like, you know, creative activities or breath work or other things that really are toning their vagus nerve and other parasympathetic things. And oftentimes it can be like, okay, I guess I'll, if I have time, I'll do that. And there's been times I've gotten really far with a patient. We've figured out hormone stuff, but they're still not feeling good and everything on paper is looking okay. And then guess what? You know, they start to look back and do some of the exercises and look at their sleep and the the free things that anybody can do, like, you know, turning off your electronics, going to sleep regularly at the same time and exercising and breath work. And then they feel better. And it's because your body needs that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you kind of touched on this too, is that part of us joining, like assimilating into our world is we do have to kind of disconnect a little bit from our body, you know, just to, to sometimes Mm -hmm. be able to do what we're doing. And that's why we have these really awesome tools that can tell us, you know, how's your heart rate, how's your sleep, what's your HRV, like all of that. But there's also a point of like, as much as that's helpful, let's also see what your body, like, let's connect back into your body. Like so many women I've worked with, even in doing like pelvic floor therapy, that women are so cerebral, right? Like we're running things, we're doing things, we are getting there and it disconnects us from our pelvic floor. And when we look at the pelvic floor, like that is our safety, that is our power, that is our choice. And we're just like, not going there. Yep. Oh my gosh. So good. So good. Oh, we can have five <laughs> other episodes just on pelvic floor. I might have to have you back on that because that's huge. Oh it is. my gosh. Yeah. It's sort of like IBS, not to open up another can, but like IBS and pelvic floor dysfunction, I find so, are so similar with that disconnect and the dissociation of, of and usually rooted in trauma, you know, and, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, and so, yeah, gosh, we could go on forever. Absolutely. Oh. Dr. Debbie Rice, you are a gem and you're so fun and just really brilliant as a clinician, as an educator, as a friend, as a colleague. So I really thank you so much for being on this episode. I am so excited to share this space with you. You are also amazing and so valued. I just, I just love your presence. Hopefully we can overlap our worlds again in person again soon. I know. So where can people find you? Tell us your website. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. So I don't have a personal website, but I am the director of clinical education at the Dutch test. You can go to dutchtest.com. That's where you can also kind of find out more information about the mastering functional hormone course. Um, I do have an Instagram, which is drrice.debbie because there are lots of Debbies and there are lots of Rices out there, (laughs) turns out. Um, But that's where you'll find me. (laughs) Love it. I love what you put on there. It's very educational. And I also love that our humor matches because we end up liking the same things on social media, which is so fun. Dr. (laughs) Debbie, thank you again for coloring outside the lines of what is typical in a doctor. And I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. And to everybody listening, have a wonderful day and share and subscribe to the Catalyst Podcast. Until next time, keep coloring outside the lines. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. My vision is a world without burnout, and my mission is to teach 1 million medical professionals how to tap into creativity and flow to increase joy and well being. We all deserve a medical career that is self expressive, unique, and creative. You can help by signing up for my newsletters 
One of my highest values is gratitude, so I love giving back. And each newsletter is gamified. The more you share, the more you win. It's easy to sign up. Just go to drlarasalier.com forward slash win. Thank you for coloring outside the lines with me.